All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Let's Go There, the podcast about searching for God in a post-truth world. And I'm here with I have two guests today, uh, Mark Brewer and Jamie Cambers. Uh, welcome. Guys. Hello. Hey y'all. Tag teaming. Woo. Yeah. So uh, so we've got one will play expert and the other will play color commentary. Yes. Today. That would be <laughs> the works. expert. Probably. We'll let you guys decide which one's which. We're in our series on dress code, kind of our last two pieces, and this week is about the sword or the word, the sword of the spirit. And Jamie, uh, you gave that talk, and you started out talking about all of us are in a spiritual battle, whether we see it or not. You said it's a battle that keeps us from being in a relationship with God. That's kind of the, the thing that we're fighting. M- my thought as I was thinking about that is, what if I don't see this battle? Any thoughts on how you can help me see? Because you said, whether I see it or not, let's say I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first thing to note is the famous poet, Zach Delaraca said that you need to know your enemy. <laughs> Know your enemy, and I think that if you don't recognize that you have an enemy, you'll never recognize the battle that you're going through. We, we've been trying to say at the top of each one of these sermons, like, you have an enemy who hates you and is going to do everything in this power to bring conflict and crisis and struggle in your life, in all areas of your life. If, if you don't recognize that, then you're never going to be able to recognize the spiritual warfare that we're all going to go through. You know, you're never going to be inclined to know the origins of the battle if you don't know the origins of the enemy. And so I think that some of the ways that we see these battles would be internal, but it would also be in our relationships. And I think that sometimes the enemy loves to jump in between relationships, whether that's a coworker or a spouse, or even the way you parent your kids or mm-hmm. a friend or a neighbor, whoever, the enemy will always try to get in the middle of that and cause some, some conflict. Those are things that we are always in. We're always in conflict, you know, with other people and some are more serious than others, but Uh, The enemy wants to make it between myself and that person more than really the conflict should be between us and the enemy in a lot of ways. Mm. And the second part that I think that we can see conflict, see battle in our lives is just through our own emotions and our own thoughts. And uh, the enemy will always do his best to try to convince us otherwise. Try to convince us that we're not good enough for, try to convince us that what we're doing is is wrong when really it's it's the hard part about following God's will. If you're not having struggles in your faith, if you're not having struggles in your in your walk with Christ, I would say that you might not even be doing it right <laughs> mm. in a lot of ways. And so the enemy is always going to want us to feel like our struggles with our faith are a bad thing when really they're a learning thing. They're probably a good thing. Hmm. Now, you introduced this idea of the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Mark's been going through Ephesians 6 with all these different pieces of armor. And it sounds like this one is a little different than the others because it's an offensive weapon. And so you talked about that. And I like the story you were telling about some this guy, this movie you saw where this guy went to war and refused to use a gun, but had a different weapon. Yeah. Have you guys seen Hacksaw Ridge yet? I've not seen it yet. Me neither. You guys are terrible people. Hmm. Yes, yeah. Uh, this is a fan- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fantastic. Can people can can read sarcasm on podcasts, right? Absolutely. Yeah. This is a Mel Gibson directed film and had a whole bunch. I think it's six Academy Award nominations. And Hacksaw Ridge is about this guy who was a conscientious objector to the the Second World War, and yeah, he wanted to serve his country, but didn't want to hold a gun. He wanted to just be a medic and help people, and so just an incredible story uh, about a guy who 
didn't hold a physical offensive weapon, but did go with the weapon of the, the sword of the spirit. He just, he lived by his convictions and what he believed God's truth was to him. And John 15 says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, or in this case, his country, I guess, even risks his life, you know, for someone on the opposing side of the war at one moment in, in the movie. And so, that's that was his sword was living that John fifteen three kind of you know lay, I'm gonna lay my life down for someone else I'm not gonna take it I just want to lay my life down and uh, I just I, I encourage anyone if you can take a little bit of blood <laughs> and some war and some kind of graphic violence really highly recommend you uh, watch that movie um, the thing what I loved most about the movie not not that we're here to talk about the movie but you know a lot of a lot of Christian movies get a get a bit of a knock for maybe not having the the production or whatever but this this movie in particular takes almost a secular view of what a Christian would look like and what it means to them to stay true to the word and stay true to what God has called them to and stay true to their convictions and what the sword of the spirit has inside of them and so mm-hmm. I thought that was quite poignant i gotta get to a blockbuster blockbuster rent that movie i think i still have my card somewhere you have your card i think <laughs> i think there's one left like in the u.s there is blockbuster. there is yeah. there's one like up and running blockbuster yeah yeah oh well it's on netflix is it now or no that movie itunes or no uh it is on it is on itunes, iTunes it's available yeah. for rent yes sounds good if we translate that now to us and this sort of the spirit that you were talking about i think you started by reading hebrews 4 which described it as a double-edged sword penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You focused in on that idea that it's a weapon that exposes our innermost thoughts and desires and cuts through that in a way that, I guess my my question is, do you think that the word can accomplish something that we can't do ourselves, let's say, as we meditate or introspect or analyze or get therapy or whatever to understand that? And and then I guess what goes with that is why do you think I'd want to cut through my innermost thoughts and desires? Mm, I think we, we tend as humans to want to do things our way. <laughs> and want to walk our own paths and make our own decisions. And I think when it talks about the sword cutting through our innermost thoughts and desires, well, sometimes those thoughts are not the same as God. Right. Sometimes we don't think of ourselves the way God thinks of us. Sometimes our desires for our own life are not the desires that God has for us. And through that, <laughs> that old Carrie Underwood song, Jesus Take the Wheel, like sometimes God literally wants to cut the wheel and put you on the right track, the right road, put you on, you know, that, that straight and narrow or whatever, where it's his thoughts and his desires and um, you're living your life the way that he's asking you to. Mm. Yeah, I think it's good. It's just that whole idea of you can't necessarily believe everything you feel. Mm. You can't believe everything that you think. We need to match it up against what we know is truth and believe is truth. And for us, that's that's the sword. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes I think that something that's offensive is would not be Christian. Christians don't offend people. Sometimes, well, sometimes we do inadvertently and sinfully. But like for me, love is super offensive. Uh, let's say you have a conflict with somebody. You're the human. This part of you wants to do something and say something to them, but that's not what God would want us to do. Yet, someone who's upset with you or maybe despises you or whatever, if you love them, that not only that a is. <laughs> is you're doing what God has asked you to do, which is love others. But B, it's actually really offensive. And then make, it'll make them mad. Like someone who's mad at you, if you love them in the return, they're going to hate that. And so I always loved 
That's kind of offensive. And so I always loved the thought of the sword of the spirit being offensive uh, for your enemy or for the person who hates you. If you love them, like they're going to hate that. <laughs> and you, you get to offend them, but you get to do it God's terms in a lot of ways. So I just love that the thought of the word being offensive and being sharper mm-hmm. than you know anything other any other kind of wisdom that the God's word is sharper than any of that mm. and just cuts through things in such a a unique and sometimes contrary way can you guys think of an example in your own life where you feel like the word really exposed to you your innermost thoughts and how that created a change. Uh, do you have any stories like that? When I look back at when I first started here at the church, I was in student ministry. I did that for four years. And when I look back at it now, I tend to sometimes think that I didn't do it right. I feel like I spent a lot of my time telling our students, you can't do this, you can't live this way, and concentrating more on sin than mm-hmm. and the things that... I hope you don't get into these things when you grow up kind of thing and spend a lot of time on that. And then uh, one of the last series I remember doing in my last year of student ministry, we were talking, I think we got on the topic of the Old Testament versus New Testament and talked about where Christ says, like, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Sometimes we might reference some of those Old Testament ways of living and Old Testament sins. So you can't do that. You can't live like that. Yet God says, well, no, I came and I fulfilled those. So you don't have to do worry about a lot of that stuff because this is, is a new way of thinking. I don't know why I was reminded of that, of that all of a sudden. But yeah. that, that was that was life-altering, mm-hmm. I think, for me when mm-hmm. I really got down to the bulk of that's what Christ said and that's what he meant. Yeah, it sounds like it changed how you did ministry right. from that point forward. Yeah, absolutely. changed your focus on how you would mentor somebody or sure. advise somebody. And you said in your message, you said the sword is for us. It's for us to equip us with God's power and then two, to strip the enemy of his power. <clears throat> so let's focus on the first one first. How does it equip us with God's power? Second Timothy 3 talks about all scripture being God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training so that a servant would be equipped for good work. Those are kind of action words, I think. There's some power in those, e- even for some of our listeners who maybe don't believe in Christ or or believe in God or aren't sure what they believe yet. We can probably agree that Jesus was still a pretty powerful teacher. If God's word, if the sword of the spirit can be used to show us how to teach that way and teach others like Christ did, I think that's, that's pretty powerful. The same kind of power that God has when he does the, the correcting, the rebuking, you know, the, the, the training. Yeah, it's, it's for us and God wants to use his spirit to fill us in such a way where we have those same kind of powerful attributes. At one point you said it's meant to strike our hearts and not someone else's head. I actually have an interesting question here for you guys because you guys would work with a lot of people who are growing in their faith and all that. Do you see people get that backwards a lot? Yeah, probably more common than it should be, mm-hmm. or at least that's been my experience with it. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that we do at the church, even in the way that we preach and explain things and, and do worship where we're almost not trying to un unlearn the way that we've seen it done or had it done to us, but just a different way than what people maybe are used to when they come to church and they half expect to be whacked over the head with a sword. You can utilize the right thing the wrong way. 
Mm. Yeah, and Jamie, you talked even about a friend of yours who went out with a bullhorn and right. this kind of thing, oh, and yeah. and how you got upset, I guess, or I don't know, at least you yeah, know, not it, so it, it upset was as much as I was disappointed or yeah, surprised disappointed. or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, it's funny that same guy we once joked, and I think he was joking, and I hope he was joking. He talked about getting a custom-made Bible where it said "Holy Bible" on the front, but the letters were backwards, so that when he hit somebody right. on the forehead with it, it would be basically <laughs> imprinted on their on their forehead. And I'm fairly certain that person was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's we want so bad. It's sometimes some people are so passionate about God's word that they just want someone else to realize right. that how they're living and what they're doing is wrong and they just literally want to point it out, but not in the way that I think God would require us, which is loving and non-judgmental mm. and uh, and compassionate and some of us just lose that part of truth and that's mm. the whole tension of truth and grace right yeah i think it's really important to always remember too that people who don't follow jesus or care about the bible aren't necessarily going to be swayed from arguments right. from that bible right mm. right like to them that's not truth right so for me to adamantly keep pointing at this book and saying this is why this is what you need they don't care yeah right and so you you need to approach it from a completely different way, not necessarily without the Bible, but with actions and with attitudes and with example to the point where they're like, well, maybe, maybe I am interested in what that book says. Hmm. But for a lot of people, starting with the book is is backwards in and of itself. Mm. You know, what came to mind is the subtlety of the term used, love is offensive. I thought, well, love is love can be offensive, but offensive things aren't necessarily love. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, sometimes people can mix that up, right? They might think that they're being loving, right. but they're really just being offensive. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Sometimes we make, I, I think I mentioned this in the sermon, but sometimes we make the person the enemy mm. when it's the things right. in their life that are the enemy, mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, when we make someone's sin about who that person is and not about the sin itself and getting rid of that, yeah. um, how can someone be a new creation, right? When you want to destroy the person and not, not the stuff, right? the recreatable stuff that's inside somebody. At one point you said the word is more powerful than we give it credit for. Mm. And you said um, it does something in our lives that no other weapon can do. And we talked about these strongholds. I'm wondering if you guys have examples of people that you've seen who really had these strongholds that that really held them to a certain place in their life and how the word was monumental to to breaking those strongholds i think of a guy like uh, pierre richard who goes to the church who was caught in strongholds of um, substance abuse and violent tendencies and destructive relationships and it was a really drastic turnaround when he got kind of housed with a good family and a Bible. And that guy is in the word day in and day out and posts it on Facebook and sends me inboxes of what he read that day and what it meant to him and how God spoke to him through the word the other day. And he's just done, I mean, he's kind of a, a fairly obvious picture of that classic 180, mm -hmm. but he is a completely different person, not struggling with the things he used to struggle with by and large, because he got alone with God and got alone in the Bible and started going to church. And it, it, I mean, it was, it was drastic. He's a pretty good example of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes there's stories we're aware of that are drastic stories. 
And then there's some that are maybe not as uh, outwardly visible, but they're equally as powerful. Yeah. I mean, I just think of my own experience, a big stronghold in my life was really performance. It was this tie that I had to, I had to perform to be okay. If I performed well, I was okay. And if I didn't perform well, then everything fell apart. And that can be a real stronghold where it can it can cause you to do things that don't make sense because you're chasing that thing that, ma that makes you okay. When the truth is, performing doesn't make you okay. And I remember for me, there's a verse that says, you know, my people have committed two sins. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting because I thought there was like a thousand. So <laughs> two is interesting. One, they've forsaken me, the spring of living water. And two, they've dug broken wells, wells that cannot hold water. And for me, that really represented that stronghold of performance. It's like I'm digging my own well, and then I get a little bit of success while you're digging it, and then you get to realize it's broken. So then you, you abandon that well, so you dig another one, and then you realize it's broken, you abandon mm -hmm. that well, and all of a sudden you start going, am I going to mm -hmm. dig a proper well? And then God comes along and says, you've forsaken me. And for me, that word just characterized a whole stronghold to performance and then to realize that I needed to go to him for living water and not dig those wells. That wasn't as outward looking, but it can still enslave us in a big way. And I think there's a lot of people out there who I know who are enslaved to what people think of them, or they're enslaved to various sense of self that isn't based on truth. And I've seen the word just free them. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, Jamie, wondering if, as you think about this whole idea of the word. If you'd have a word challenge for our listeners, maybe someone's like, okay, I don't really, I haven't really experienced the power of this word to change me. Is there something maybe you'd challenge people to consider reading and, or a kind of test they could do to, you know, hey, read this, apply it to your life, try to experience the sword of the spirit. Any thoughts on what you might suggest? Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I guess my experience has been I found the YouVersion app um, on our, my mobile device. There are tons and tons of, of different reading plans. And find one that you're, you know, find, find out what your struggle is and then find a plan to combat that with almost. If your struggle is pornography, find a reading plan that will help challenge you with that. If you're... You know, if it's, um, you know, disciplining your kids, find a reading plan that challenges that. If it's it's doubting this whole faith thing, find a reading plan that will challenge that. Because um, we all like a challenge. And so if if we can almost look at God's word as something that um, is counterintuitive to what we think and have it challenge what we're currently thinking or going through, I think that's when God's power really starts to open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to what it says about a certain subject or a certain thing. That's how I've always loved to use it. What what am what am I, you know, what am I struggling with? What what area in my life do I need encouragement or empowerment from? You know, maybe I'll, I'll do a 21-day straight reading plan and, and almost have God's word challenge my current state of mind or st yeah. you know state of being. Awesome. Um, and they and they can friend you on you a new version. That's right. So the the other part of that would be could be accountability. Yeah. Right? And yeah. doing uh, a reading plan or even just maybe it's deconstructing a book of the Bible along with somebody and having mm -hmm. conversations about that. Maybe it's right. a chapter a day, you know, yeah. of yeah. let's say the Gospel of John. Yeah. Um 
maybe you read a chapter a day with someone. Yeah. And uh, let's deconstruct this together. What are your thoughts on this, you know, on this line? Or what is Christ really saying here? And I think when when we can make have conversations about God's word as well, like we are right now, mm-hmm. um, can be helpful for our soul and really begin to empower us with what God's word awesome. wants to do in us. Thanks for that suggestion, and uh, thanks everyone for listening to Let's Go There, the podcast with uh, the sword with two edges, both Mark and Jamie. <laughs> yes. Choo-choo.